Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. I am joined for the third time by Carl Pauli. So for reference, he was on episode 71. He was on episode 89. And now we are on episode 146. So what's life like for you right now? I know that you're kind of in the middle of a big move. Like, are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling at ease? Like, take me through that. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Yeah, first and foremost, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited. A, a three peat. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I'm in the middle of a move. We just left uh, San Francisco exactly uh, a month ago, and we were on our way to Sweden. Uh, supposedly, right now I should be in Sweden, but uh, due to the travel ban for U.S. citizens to to get to Europe. It's uh, become complicated, and although I, I have a, a Swedish passport, I can go. My wife, uh, Tanya, cannot, so we're waiting for her uh, residence uh, papers to go through or for the travel ban to lift. So as it is right now, I am currently in Fresno, California, which is in uh, the valley. It's right in the, the middle of, of the state. And I'm living uh, with my in-laws. I'm almost 40 years old, and here I am <laughs> uh, living with my in-laws. I would have never thought, but <laughs> it's it's been great. And uh, 2020 has been a strange year, but uh, a very revealing one. And this is just another one of those pieces where you're you're kind of in in a little bit of limbo, but uh, I see it as an opportunity to just continue to peel back the layers on on the work that I'm doing and uh, having conversations like this and and just uh, enjoying life really well that's the important thing I mean reflecting a little bit on um, what makes us who we are and I know you've been doing a lot of handstands I know you've been doing some running um, lots of talks on Instagram live what are like three things that uh, just kind of stand out to you that kind of like are unforgettable with what you've realized in the year 2020? Mm. Something that is unforgettable is that we're going to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Death is upon us. <laughs> and now without being morbid, all that is is just a reminder that uh, if we're here right now, this is what we have. And the question is, what are you going to do with this time? What are you going to do with the the gifts that uh, you're being offered right now? And uh, how are you gonna? How are you going to continue to use that as a stepping stone to move forward for as long as you can? And being able to see the world in those um, in that that light. Uh, although I'm talking about something as dark as, as, as death may seem, 
is very empowering. It's very liberating. And it just gives you a refreshed view on life every morning when you uh, open your eyes. So that's that's definitely unforgettable. <laughs> when it comes down to like the the move and everything that you did, like, I mean, we can get super philosophical and then we can also talk about like real life, like obstacles. Like, I mean, um moving trucks, all these different things, like things not going according to plan. Like how do you stay positive through those obstacles? Like just as a regular human being that has things go wrong. Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've had enough things go wrong in my life and have seen them uh, unfold in ways that were even better than what I was expecting them to be that I can, I can, live or be in a moment of chaos and know that this too shall pass, that this is going to unfold however it has to unfold. And if I can treat it as something that is uh, a lesson and is only temporary, and this kind of goes back to the unforgettable part of this podcast in this year, which is there will be an end things just become a little bit easier. And I can give you an example of this. Um, The 24 hours before we were going to leave our apartment in San Francisco, I get a message from the company that I had rented the moving truck from. I didn't have movers. I had family coming in and it was a fun thing. Anyways, I had this truck rented and I get a message and it says, pickup is 300 miles away (laughs) from where you live. And I was like, 300 miles away? That means I would have to leave right now, drive 600 miles to get the truck. And anyways, time-wise, it just did not work. And I called the company and they said, no, this is the only truck available. Everybody's moving this time of the year. uh, And that's all you can do. So I I talked to my wife and we started looking for for uh, new trucks and other options. We couldn't find anything. In the middle of the chaos, I, I told I told my wife I said um, I'm just gonna jump in the shower and and just rinse off. And she's like, Right now you're gonna shower right now. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I, I just need to take a shower. So I jumped in the shower and as I was showering it hit me in that moment. I was like, Oh wow, you know what's gonna happen? We're gonna get a better truck at a better rate and more convenient in pickup. 40 minutes later, I, I, uh, I'm doing stuff around the house and we get a call uh, from a company that we had contacted saying, hey, we got a truck, it's bigger, it's better, more accessible, it's right here in the city and uh, it's half the price. And I was like, there you go. Uh, sometimes when you look at the positive side of things, uh, you, you receive a little gift on the other end. And you can call that synchronicity. You can call that coincidence. It doesn't matter. Uh, just the fact that it happened is something that is fun. And uh, to, to look back at that chaotic moment and, uh, and know that we came out on the other side, okay, it's, it's just cool. And it's, uh, it just kind of gives you this hope that in the future, if something chaotic happens maybe there's a positive outcome a better outcome than we planned on the other side 
Well, and I mean, there's value to stopping and taking a long shower to just be like, all right, like, here's our situation. How can we see this positively? And just, uh, I mean, if a person goes into a situation thinking that they're going to have negative outcomes, they're probably going to have negative outcomes. But if they go into their situation thinking that they're going to have positive outcomes, there's a better probability that positive outcomes would occur. Mm-hmm. When you looked at your year in January, like I know in in our past conversations, we've talked about how your career has been evolving, how like your your passions are, are shifting and changing and like every day is a new day with anybody. Um, have you found things have evolved from January until now with like uh, perhaps like your your passions or your why or your goals or business or anything like that? Yeah, very much so. Actually, uh, in January, I started the year thinking, okay, I am taking a break from teaching seminars, movement seminars, and I'm just going to step into this next thing, whatever it may be. And uh, the plan was to get into the lifestyle coaching a little bit more and start teaching little workshops and have that lead to whatever it had to lead to. And then the pandemic happened. And um, through the pandemic, uh, I all of a sudden had more time and there was less uh, opportunity to travel, of course, and see people. And uh, I just got this new uh, kind of opportunity to just think about what I was doing a little bit differently. And uh, within that time, as I was thinking, I was just like, well, I have to train and I have to move and uh, this is what I got right now. So let me just start training again. And in my training, of course, my my go to is always, well, if I get on my hands and I do a handstand, I always feel like I've done something. So I started doing hand balancing uh, just randomly, no no structure, no nothing. And I uh, I got a message from uh, a gentleman by the name of Miguel Santana. He's a hand balancer and a hand balancing coach. And I've known him now for seven years. And he said, uh, Hey Carl, I see you're standing on your hands. Uh, would you, would you like some guidance? Can I, can I give you some, some tips? And I was like, sure. And, uh, we had been talking about collaborating for a long time and, uh, nothing ever happened. And, and he uh, and I got on, on a call and uh, we started talking and I said, you know what, I just I just want to be coached. Just uh, let's let's do the thing. And uh, uh, yeah, I pay for his services. He programs for me and I do the handstands. And um, I thought it was going to be a month maybe of me doing that because I, I usually am a rebel and I like to, uh, you know, venture off and do my own thing. But within the program, within being coached uh, through something I am curious about, such as uh, handstands and hand balancing, I found this new sense of uh, comfort, security, curiosity, challenge, um, uh, being able to polish small things and see big changes in, in how that is uh, not only affecting my handstands, but me emotionally. All of a sudden, that catalyzed bringing movement back into the conversation in a way where it was genuine, where I was like, yes, I'm excited about sharing this with you because now it's actually true again. It's true for me. 
so that's that's been a massive change and now <laughs> this is something i said uh maybe six seven years ago i said i'm never gonna be a personal trainer quote unquote or a coach i'm never gonna work with people one-on-one -on -one and do movement programming and here i am uh working with a few people right now and using movement as a bridge for having the conversation about lifestyle and uh i'm loving it <laughs> Well, yeah, mean, it's cool how in in a nutshell, you kind of found a purpose, you sort of found like an existence, uh, something that lights your fire. It's kind of like when someone's in the personal development or personal training space, um, unless you have something that fuels you, it's going to be pretty hard to fuel other people. And with the handstands being what fuels you, it positions you in a place where you can better empower others like an empty bucket's not going to fill other buckets, which is a pretty solid segue to the next thing that I was thinking we should talk about, because I think 2020 has had its fair share of challenges. Have you ever found yourself feeling burnt out? Like, have, what's oh. your what's your experience <laughs> with burnout? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I've been burnt out. Um, I was burnt out probably for five years between... 2013, 14, and 2019, uh, I was completely burnt out. I mean, I did not have much left in the tank and um, traveling, teaching seminars, uh, trying to figure out who the heck am I in this world? Where do I belong? Um, why am I thinking and feeling something different that is kind of uh out of alignment with what i'm presenting to the world yeah just completely uh drained and broken and uh really dreading every moment of of my life to the point where i never had suicidal thoughts but i i understood during um a period of time why people uh consider it because I was mentally sick and it was making me physically sick as well. In fact, I may find a picture and share a picture with you uh, later and you won't even recognize the person in that picture. I, I look, yeah, I look very sick. Anyways, uh, that was terrible. And then uh, November 9th of 2019, I did my last movement seminar and I was quote unquote retiring and I said, okay, it's done now. I'm over it and I'm moving on. I, I gave myself November, December to just really recover. In January, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little spark of something. Uh, let, me, let me explore this. And uh, around February, I went to Singapore and I had an amazing trip there. And I don't know if we spoke on the podcast during that time, but... Um, I taught a lifestyle uh, workshop. It was awesome. And then after that, the pandemic hit and we were done. And uh, all of a sudden, I thought that uh, I, was, I had recovered from burnout, that I was ready to go. But there was still way more that I had to unpack and uh, recover from. So once we went into lockdown and shelter in place here, I, I realized that I started to heal and uh, 
less was uh, more for me. And this is something I had said before, but now I was really feeling it. And I was able to anchor um, myself and my uh, healing in hand balancing, writing, meditation, something that I had been practicing for, for over a year, uh, like really rigorously. And here I am now, I'm feeling like a completely different person and still, still, still healing, still recovering, but being uh, way more productive, if you will. So when it comes to your meditation, because I know a lot of people have like their own way to do that. And like, sometimes it's just like unloading what's on your mind at the end of the day. Like, what does your meditation look like for you at this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, let's let's just go back in time when when I was a kid, and I remember being maybe four, five, six. Uh, my my mom would actually uh, teach me a small relaxation technique, so like tensing your body and relaxing, and and this was to assist me in calming down or uh, being able to fall asleep if I woke up in the middle of the night or if I was sick. And really just the simple things, focusing on your breath. And then through my career in gymnastics, I had a sports psychologist who helped with not only relaxation techniques, but also visualization techniques and being able to uh, see yourself performing in the first person. So you doing the work and something that maybe you've you've experienced and, and whoever is listening or watching right now has experienced that. When you try to visualize something, you may have noticed that it's hard to look at it in, visual, in visualization from the first person. You, you tend to go to a, a, a third party view and you see it from the outside. And uh, this was a, a big learning uh, experience for me during my, my gymnastics years. And then uh, eventually I just sat down and closed my eyes and and thought okay here i am meditating <laughs> when is the 20 minutes up uh i i uh i then took that and i went to a tm uh course a transcendental meditation course and i was like oh, i'm not feeling this whole like mantra thing it doesn't make sense to me uh and then i moved on from that and eventually i got to the point where i realized oh yeah through movement through uh, my body, I can access deeper levels of not only rela- relaxation and visualization, but a state of being that is at peace and is simply a witness. And that's where I am right now, where for me, the meditation, um, although it starts a little bit different depending on, uh, not the day, but it kind of goes in cycles, uh, it always focuses on the same thing. It's uh, body, where am I? I just ask myself, oh, where am I? I'm in a room. I'm talking to you right now, but I'm in a room. Okay. And then I start to just notice my breathing, my breath. If I notice that there's something with my breath, I, uh, I actually start to focus on it. And maybe I do basic like six in, six out. Uh, and then from there, I notice myself wander off in thought. And as soon as I wander off in thought, I just return, of course, to the breath. When I've done that three times, I usually uh, now enter a, a new state. And the moment I notice that I enter that state, I just hang there. 
And sometimes I can hang there for seven minutes only, but sometimes it goes 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour. I've even sat for over an hour. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's cyclical like that. So that, that would be my meditation specifically. And uh, sometimes it happens in the morning. Sometimes it happens in the afternoons, evenings. Sometimes it happens twice a day. Sometimes it happens once. Uh, so there's, it, it's not something that we, that we, when I say we, us, me, myself, uh, should be, should be slaves of. We should do it because it, it feels good. Uh, it's, uh, it's important for us. It, it, it has value in it. And it allows us to see what we need to see in a, in a different fashion, in a different light. Was it challenging to learn those techniques as a kid? Like, were you showing any kind of uh, just resistance kind of thing? Uh, no, not as a kid. Uh, it was not. And as you were asking that, I, I realized why. And it was because I was desperate to feel better. That was, that was one. And when you're desperate to feel better, you'll try anything. And the other thing was that it was my mom sharing this information with me. And that's the most nurturing person that I know. And I felt the most secure with her. So I would trust her with anything that she would give me. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was not challenging then. Well, I think that's really cool because I know that with everything going on in the world, like lots of kids could probably benefit from just a little bit more like slowing down. And it's not like nobody has to do things the exact way that you do them or the way that I do them. But as long as they have something that they can do, I think that's a pretty empowering thing. Like just like uh, some kids doing uh, school from home, they they might not have the technology. And so they're going to have some obstacles. And in the same sense, some kids trying to manage their stress, not being able to see their friends and they're at home, they, they might not have ways to just find peace and relax and just reflect and just uh, be themselves in their own space and make the best of their situation because like everybody's got some kind of a crazy situation and it's just like what kind of tools can we create to um, best navigate that mm -hmm. yeah punching a wall for example uh, may help <laughs> but it it, it once you've done it, you, you, you're kind of disappointed and you're in pain and it's maybe not a healthy tool. So there, yeah, there's, a, there's so many tools out there. Uh, and I think that's where it's important to realize that there are not only tools out there that uh, can help us, but there are healthy tools and tools that are, are uh, less healthy or unhealthy. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's finding the healthy tools that, that work for you. So we're going to do a little bit of a segue here. Um, I know that you've had your own podcast. I try to keep up with it. Um, one episode that stood out to me, I thought it was really cool, was when you got Lucas Graham on the show. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Like what were, what did that episode mean to you? What led up to it? What followed up afterward? Yeah, so funny enough, uh, when uh, my wife and I adopted uh, our now daughter, Tanai, uh, I used uh, Lucas Graham's uh, seven years uh, track as the backdrop for this video that I made. 
And uh, a year later, uh, my my friend and, and colleague, Daniel Severin Peterson uh, in Denmark, uh, got an opportunity to start working with him as his uh, personal movement coach. And um, we developed a relationship and we just started connecting online. And he was going to be in San Francisco to to uh, he was he had a concert. That's what he was doing. Yeah. So he had a concert in San Francisco. And uh, I said, hey, well, while you're out here, would you like to be on the podcast? And he's like, yeah, I love it. So uh, he jumped on the podcast and we had a great conversation. And uh, the experience was cool. It's just cool to connect with somebody who has created something that you have experienced in such a deep and emotional way. And uh, the biggest realization is that uh, although I admire him and I, I think he's extremely talented, he is a human being. He is uh, flesh and blood, just like uh, you and I are. And uh, he walks the same planet. He breathes the same air. He simply has a perspective and a skill set that uh, allows him to do what he does. And I, I admire that. And I also find great comfort in knowing that he is a, a guy uh, just trying to figure it out. I think that is something that hopefully people hear loud and clear. Like, as a podcast host, I have enjoyed being able to have conversations with so many different people. And the value in it is understanding that, like, there's people across the street, there's people at the park, there's people at the gym. Like, there's all kinds of people where you can get the exact same magnitude of, like, perspective and value, like when we place less emphasis on like a person's popularity or their achievements or their awards or their accolades, like when we just learn to appreciate what we have in our midst, we get so much more out of life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's something that he actually does really well uh, when he's home. He, he is, uh, part of his community and uh, he yeah treats himself as um, another member of society and I, I, I respect that uh, highly. So from what I've gotten to know about you to some degree you're definitely an empath I don't know like if you're like a super big empath or like a controlled empath like some of us can be empathetic to a fault and some of us can be empathetic to the degree that we can still have our boundaries and we're not going to like run ourselves into the ground. But the point that I'm getting at is with um, the lockdown or COVID, like you have so many friends within the fitness industry who had gyms. There was so much uncertainty. Um, what was your experience like in supporting people? Like I know that you were on your Instagram feed quite frequently um, offering support. And with so much being out of your control, with so many friends from your experience in coaching within like the, the CrossFit space, um, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, that experience was a reminder that once again, we uh, don't really find the solutions to our problems out here in the world, that these are just questions and uh, markers that allow us to uh, seek some introspection and find the solutions within so we can reflect them back out. And in my 
journey through 2020, uh, offering to support as many people as I could, I, I noticed that I didn't have to say anything. I just had to show up and and listen. And uh, if they wanted some advice, I could give them the, the advice. But mo- most most of the times, I would say 99% of the times, they would not follow that advice. <laughs> and uh, they did perfectly fine. So my advice is really uh, not not the part that is of value. Rather, the the part of value is the one where you can just hold space or, or allow for somebody to um, begin the process of introspection uh, and be there with them when they do that. And that, that, that's been, yeah, just really powerful. Well, I think that's cool because I've experienced a lot of scenarios where a friend just listening was one of the most powerful things that they could do. Um, and I've known some other people have had shared experiences where they thought that they were going to have to like fix somebody's vehicle or like save their house or something, but no, they just needed to be there for someone and just hold space and listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something that you 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 probably are aware of, and uh, anybody listening has noticed is that when you ask somebody how you can support them or help them, they usually don't even know. They can't give you an answer. So. Uh, that really takes the pressure off of everybody and it allows you to just be with what is and to allow either creativity, divine inspiration, or just what is in front of you to dictate the next step. Absolutely. And that's really cool because it just, it, it makes life a little bit easier. You you don't have to go around fixing everything. Uh, and, and that's, that's the beauty in my opinion of, uh, what is occurring right now we're just show it's being shown to us how much is out of our control and how when we let go of trying to control that which is out of our control things actually become easier it's true um which is a good pivotal point to my question for you is what um inspires the move to sweden like Mm. You're, are you taking control of things that are in your control? Is there, are you wanting to be closer to family? Is there, take me through that, if you will. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I've been wanting to uh, live in Sweden for probably two decades. But I simply haven't done it because I was doing gymnastics and competing in Spain and then uh, I ended up in Singapore, and then after Singapore, I uh, found some things that I was interested in, and, and that brought me to the U.S. I was going to be here in the U.S. only for eight months, and it's been 16-plus uh, years. <laughs> um, actually, I think it's, yeah, 16-plus years. That's what, that's what it is. And, um, and every time I've been back to Sweden to visit family, I I always feel like man this is one one item on my bucket list that I'm missing which is spending time in a country where I even hold a passport from and I'm technically a citizen that I simply haven't experienced so I would like to come come here and uh, I've been proposing this to to my wife for six six years, but she's been like, nah, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. And during the pandemic, she was like, you know what? Why not just do it now? So we decided to to make the move. 
and and now that we decided to make the move we're kind of stuck in limbo but i'm sure there's a there's a meaning to this i think it's a good analogy for a lot of people that they can take away and translate this into their own experience so many worthwhile decisions um we are kind of in our own way like there's obviously going to be obstacles that are quite reasonable to like pause and and wait but like have you ever found that other times in your life you've had the same hesitation or the same reluctance or the same obstacles but it was worthwhile in the end yeah you know it's interesting that you say this is that uh i haven't had a lot of reluctance um i've always done what i've wanted to do the the only time i've experienced some uh not setbacks or friction but rather just a, a slower unfolding has been when uh trying to do it with other people in this case it's it's with my my family i it, it's 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 a it's a hard thing to do to uproot your family and take them across the pond and the logistics behind that is pretty serious so yeah it's it's the resistance is not necessarily there but what what is there is that there is a it, it's a more complex problem to solve uh to make sure that everybody is taken care of that this is something that everybody is in alignment with that the decisions although they may seem final are simply a stepping stone and that uh everything can can change as we go uh, having that mindset is extremely important and that just takes time uh so yeah that's that's the, that's the only time that i've experienced like, uh, what what you may call resistance or reluctance well i think using the word stepping stone is pretty important because sometimes something can be really intimidating if you look at it like zoomed out but if you look at it incrementally, like, okay, like we want to make a change here. And what does that look like when we take the first step? And then how about two steps? And like, what if one step occurs over the course of like six months? That's that's not so bad. Or like the, the options are endless, but like sometimes like simple is better. It's kind of like how you reflected earlier in the show today, like less is more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think making the the decision uh, or setting the goal that's that's the hardest step. It's saying, yeah, we're going to leave what we've called home for such a long time. That's the hardest step. But once you make that decision, then things are much easier. Well, I think that's really interesting because all of us are going to have goals. I imagine that you have goals that are on your horizon. What process do you go through to like set realistic goals and what are the values that um, align with your goals? Yeah, my, my process is very simple. It's a three-step process. It's imagination, ideation, execution, or implementation. I imagine what is it that uh, I, I would like to do, I desire, that I'm excited about, that I, what I need then I, I translate that into a plan. That's the ideation phase. I write about it. I tell people about it. I sleep on it. And I, I really ask myself whether this is true or not. And then I pick a small uh, little item out of what I've uh, been thinking about and I execute on it. The moment I execute, I get immediate feedback. I'm like, oh, 
I thought I wanted to do this, but this feels like crap. Okay, does it feel like crap because I need to feel like crap to move forward? Or does it feel like crap because I'm actually not interested in this? Uh, and then that feedback allows you to go back to the ideation, back to the imagination. And all I do is just recycle this. And in order to make it work for me, uh, my imagination can be happening in a meditation, for example. My ideation can happen in my journaling or in talking to you. My execution happens by saying, today I'm going to try to do X, Y, Z and going out and, and tackling it. So yeah, that's how I how I navigate it, and it's been very helpful for me. And it's very simple, and uh, it's almost so simple and obvious that uh, it seems I- impossible for that to be the solution, but it really is. Well, it's true. I mean, a lot of things are are quite simple. Like, I mean, with nutrition, it can just be like your energy balance, calories in, calories out. With fitness, it can just be like structuring your program and working out like four or five days a week and following the plan like a lot of solutions are simple and then it's just about how do we um deliver on them how do we go through that despite everything else that that goes on um something that we were both working on at the beginning of this year i know i was doing daily podcast episodes and you were doing daily talks in your instagram and we both kind of paused on that. I know for myself, myself, I'll share my perspective was that like, I learned so much about myself in having to think about topics every day. And I definitely honed my craft in like, if I had a topic I wanted to talk about, it took some research or perhaps I just had to uh, watch other stuff for a while to kind of figure out like, what was I passionate about that day? Um, and I also learned like I could really overcome a lot of obstacles just by talking about them on a microphone. But then I realized like I can still get the value that I will get from this in implementing this practice just in my lifestyle. And so I moved on from that so that I could focus more production quality on to the in-person episodes. Um, so then we're going to turn the table over to you what was your journey like? Like I was watching your, your daily talks and I was like, these are cool. Like I enjoy these, but what was it like from your perspective? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I experienced something very similar to what, what you experienced. Um, for me though, there was a pivotal moment. I was doing these daily check-ins and I did them until I think it was, uh, February 6th or 7th when I jumped on a plane to go to Singapore and I, I went to Singapore and I, I taught a workshop there, as I said earlier, but I was also visiting my family. And I realized when I was there, I wanted to be fully engaged with my family. So I, I told the camera, I said, I'm not going to be doing these until I get back. And when I got back, I started doing them again, but something was shifting inside of me. I realized, wait a second, there's, there's something else here that is important to share, but it's going to require you to be a little bit more introspective. And in that very moment, um, the pandemic really started to to break out and they said, okay, shelter in place is most likely going to happen. So uh, that's when it changed. And we, we, we left San Francisco at that time and uh, although I continued to do the check-ins, they they um, they didn't they didn't happen daily. And one of the reasons was because 
although I knew it was important to have a structure and a commitment, I knew that speaking to the camera or sharing a thought process um, without uh, substance was was not going to be worth it. And I wanted to really focus on quality. And uh, then they just kind of faded away. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'm not capable of delivering quality content. I'm just, you know, part of the noise uh, that is on social media. And that was part of what I was wrestling with. And uh, now I'm kind of on the other side. And uh, it feels it feels good to be where I am. And I'm super glad I did that. Uh, but I'm also glad I transitioned out of it. Yeah, I mean, I have a shared experience in that sense, but it also kind of reminds me of how you talked about like visualization and like I use visualization with my clients in the gym. Like they could have lifted a weight last week. That's the same as what they lifted this week. And maybe something was off. Like they just had a bad day and I talked to them about visualizing it coming off the ground. I'm like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but in your mind, you have to be able to see the weight leaving the ground in order to get the weight off the ground. Because if you see the weight not leaving the ground, very likely it won't. And I like how you talk about um, just like the noise in in social media, or just the noise in the world. Because while there is a lot of noise, there is an unbelievable amount of noise. And also with the context that we deliver, there has to be some purpose or just some something beyond just like mind-numbing banter. Um I believe that if if we don't believe that our purpose has purpose, like if we don't see the purpose in ourselves, then we won't have a purpose. We won't cut through the noise. We won't have our audience. So while we both have our purpose outside of the, the daily check-ins or the daily episodes or the daily content, um, moving forward, I think for myself, I'll definitely speak for myself, like finding ways to find that purpose on a daily basis in order to um, bring that into how I show up. And I think no matter how far along a person goes along in their journey, their career, their life, how old they are, um, they're continually going to need to find that purpose in order to deliver and implement and come up with that next step. Um what what are your thoughts on that? I I definitely threw some some garble your way. So what's your response? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there, but um, let let's talk about the noise. For example, with uh, the pandemic, uh, the news, uh, the political state of the the nation here in the United States, um, the social movements that we're seeing. Uh, the social injustice that exists and that is is now being discussed. It is so confusing at times if you're scrolling through social media because you you don't really know where is the truth truth where is the truth of the truth and um, also what is the source that that truth uh, is coming from and. Uh, yeah, there's there's levels to the challenge and uh, the challenge of figuring out what, what is what is it that is really happening. And um, it is very easy to succumb to this notion that, oh, yeah, there's injustice here. 
I see that. I, I feel that. I need. I, I feel like I need to address it, but I don't have the tools to do it right now. But my friend is doing it. This person is telling me I need to use my platform, so I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you enter into uh, contributing to potentially something that is is very positive, is needed, is a conversation that we have to have. But you're doing it in a in a state where you're unaware of. Uh, what is true to you in the process of uh, contributing. And that is uh, the noise that comes from outside and the noise inside of you, not allowing you to see, uh, yeah, not allowing you to see the forest for the trees. And that is a big problem is we, we simply are not aware of how influenced we are by uh, other people, ideas, technologies, and we need to become a little bit more mindful of that. Now, I, I don't know if you've seen the the movie, the the social dilemma, uh, yet, but uh, that's a great example. It's, it's kind of like it doesn't matter how smart you are, how aware you are. This technology that we're using to share what is happening, the truth, is so smart that it will capture you and uh, make you behave in ways that um, are not yours. It will control you, so to speak. And although, although this is very dark to think about it this way, this, this was happening before we had this technology too. So in my, in my uh, experience throughout this year, I've really had to let go of everything that people are saying uh, and how they're saying it to really ask myself, what is true from where I stand? And um, as I sit here with my truth, where is it that I have arrived at a, uh, at a perspective or understanding that uh, may be more complete? Right? So as a white man, I, I can think, see things completely different than uh, a person uh, of color in, in the United States or other parts of the country or other parts of the world. And where do I need to educate myself, uh, learn more, see, see uh, from a different perspective. And now where do I uh, source that information from? Where do I get that information from? And that becomes, uh, that becomes the practice is actually finding the sources, doing the exploration and doing it from a perspective of curiosity to, to feed that part of you that is incomplete. And only once you have been fed with, with that information that you needed, then be able to speak at a level that uh, can add value to people in a way that doesn't uh, tell them what to do, but allows them to see what they need to tell themselves or ask themselves uh, what to do. That is tiring and it's tough to do and it's complicated and, um, uh, it can be problematic because the clock is ticking. You need to say something now. This is happening now. Well, uh, what if you don't have? <laughs> what if you don't have anything that's constructive to say? Isn't it better to maybe take a different approach? And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's no. Uh, that's irrelevant at this point. But that that's part of um, the noise conversation I was alluding to uh, earlier and uh, being a little bit more deliberate in how we share or what we share and when we share. Well, I like that. That was a good 
summary for something that I think is a lot on a lot of people's minds, no matter where they're at with their thoughts or what what direction they're intending to go. It's just there is so much going on. And one thing that I think everybody can benefit from, which we can both relate to, is just making time, making space to have regular conversations with like a broad selection of different human beings. Like in so many instances, I've befriended people who have completely different life experiences to me and learn so many new ways to gather information or learn so many new ways to interpret my my environment um, or just really it's almost like training your empathetic muscles like you're not going to understand someone else's experience if you haven't been able to see life through through their lens and sometimes having like a really high quality conversation with somebody where where yeah you just hold space for them and you you hear about their day-to-day or you go for a walk with them I, I have a few friends that I'll just go for a walk and they'll tell me how their experience was in the exact same thing that I did and just to to hear it from them instead of just assuming is pretty powerful and moving um something that was on my mind was the joe rogan podcast i want to know like he is a very influential person and i want to hear from from your point of view like what is it that makes someone like him as influential as he is is it his interview style is it who he is as a person is it his life experiences what are your thoughts well for one i think he he speaks what is true to uh him and he does it in a way that is just very honest he just speaks it uh, so he, he's he's kind of he's the average Joe, <laughs> right? He's the average Joe, but this average Joe uh, is vulnerable. He's cried on his podcast. He is curious. He has expressed uh, hard feelings. When he's made a mistake, he's been able to uh, retract his statements and improve. You've seen an evolution, and that is something that uh, when you're looking to reveal character and one in yourself or or to see it in somebody else is is very empowering it's very empowering not to mention the people he gets on the show have very valuable information and he has a diverse audience and he has uh, the ability to um ask the questions that are not popular and he can do that because maybe they're drinking or they get high or um because they're just having a conversation and he's he's genuinely curious hey what is the deal with this why are you doing it this way and he's able to see people uh, beyond their behaviors i think that just makes him a a a a great host for uh, a conversation and and thus his podcast is killing it well i think it brings value to the concept that like you can be yourself like you can lean into the discomfort of life. You can be curious. Um, but if you're consistent in how you show up in the world, 
then that's what compounds into momentum and that's what gives you like uh, a body of work like I mean if we think about the number of times he's made public appearances it's been in different scenarios different contexts but he's built up on those things in order to kind of like gain that integrity from like that that bond that uh, solid connection with people who don't know him personally but feel mm-hmm. like they know him on a very personal level. Like I remember my first interaction just watching him was I think I was like probably uh, elementary school watching Fear Factor. And mm-hmm. that's who I knew Joe Rogan was. And like his build was different. Like the first impression you would have of him was very different. Mm-hmm. And just seeing him like appear on the scene again and he's part of UFC. And then it's like, okay, like what's he doing now? And I no longer wanted to watch Fear Factor because Joe Rogan wasn't part of it. And I was like, well, what was it that set him apart? And I guess it truly was his ability to be like when something was gross, he felt it was gross. He wasn't going to hide behind the fact that somebody had spiders on their faces and they had to stay there for like 60 seconds. And it's just cool to see the evolution of someone where it feels like you can almost see every piece to that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's almost motivating as a podcast host to be someone that can be like, all right, like I understand what it's like to get to that level. Cause so many people as hosts of podcasts are going to think, well, next year I'm going to be Joe Rogan is like, no, like you got two decades in you to, to wait it out. Like how many reps are you willing to put into this? How many conversations on air off air? Like, in order to be that level of honest and vulnerable on a show, you have to have been that honest and vulnerable off of a show probably two times as many times, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And just like you said, of course, it takes time. And I think it requires uh, for one to go beyond uh, just just the podcast interview or the conversation uh, I know a few people who have been on on his podcast as guests, and um, uh, someone uh, who was on it, he got he just got smashed in the comments uh, after he had been on the podcast. And I know that they 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 after the the podcast, they stayed in touch uh, via text message, and it was very much like, hey, you can come back on the podcast, and we can address all these things. And um, although I don't agree with your stance, I. I, I do think it's important that we talk about it and that we continue to develop. So he, I, I believe he's somebody who nurtures uh, the relationships with the people beyond just the show. It's not like uh, he's a you know comedian that has become a TV TV host and um, uh, doing a night uh, late night show, for example, and just like oh people come on, I do the thing, you promote your business, and and then off you go. It's There's so much true. more, much more to that. Yeah, I think I think he nurtures relationships, and he's genuinely curious, and that's that's what he lives for. Well, I mean, I think that's important for for business, for life, um, with clients. Like, if you have five clients, treat them like you have one. Like each individually, teach treat them like they're your only client. Check in with mm-hmm. them, see see how their day was. And just with life, like, I mean, it's like you said, we're all going to (laughs) die. Like, Mm -hmm. and so what are the important things that you've got to do with, with your inner circle? Like, are you checking in with like 
the the kids in your life that that need support the the elderly the people your mentors your mentees i think everybody needs to be nurtured in the the sense that like we're all on each other's metaphorical podcast of life and like how can we keep watering those plants in order to keep our garden flourishing mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't agree more um so going into the months to come like where is your headspace like if if we opened up the thoughts in your mind like what what is your trajectory like i know i'll I'll share some of mine like we're at the start of october and i'm thinking to myself i want to start training a few more clients and i want to start training a few more online but at the same time I am self-aware to know that I need to carve out time to be able to enjoy like life as it is now. I'm a 28 year old. I have sights to see. I have things to enjoy. So what does that look like for me? And so in order for me to implement that, I need to like have a bit more structure to plan things out in my calendar. So I've shared that with you. What, what is your next month looking like? Yeah, I'm going to continue to train and I'm going to continue to work with uh, people that I'm I'm coaching right now. Uh, but I'm also uh, writing a lot. So I'm, I am allowing myself uh, to spend more time writing and reading. And I, I feel like I have another book in me. It may take some time to get it out, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to really bring it out and being deliberate about it. So that's part of it. And then the other part is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be in the U.S. or in Sweden or in Spain uh, in the next couple months. And uh, so, yeah, I I may be here in the U.S. for for a while. And if so, well, I'll figure out what to do with my time here. And if I go to Europe, I'll figure out what to do with my time there. I honestly, right now, my trajectory is just focus on on, uh, developing yourself, assist as many people as you can, uh, where you can and enjoy the ride. That's, Absolutely. That's what it is. Um, with your book, I know I have a copy of it myself, but like, is it still selling quite a bit of copies? It does sell some copies. Yeah. I, I, uh, every six months I get, uh, you know, my little, uh, check and royalties on the book and, and there it says how many copies, uh, I I've sold. Uh, it's, it's not anything that's crazy, but a couple thousand, uh, sell. So that's, that's good. And I don't know what the total sales are. I would have to check in with my publishing house, but, uh, every time I talk about it, uh, it, it spikes. And, um, I mean, every other day I'm getting, uh, maybe every day almost, because sometimes I get multiple uh, messages from people who are reading it. They took a picture. They're asking me a question. Um, it's a thing that lives on forever. So it's 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 really cool. Well, I think it's it's another example that people can take on into their own life. Like just because the work that you put in was a while ago doesn't mean that it is worthless today. Kind of thing. Like if we put effort into something at year five that effort is going to be equally valuable at year 15 and Mm -hmm. so that 
puts precedence on to having purpose in that work that you're doing and not worrying so much into the like the micro time frame but more so on like the the bigger picture like did it matter that we finished our next book in six months or two years or did it matter what that book contained Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's all about it's all about the value that's inside, and the time is completely irrelevant. And I, I just don't know what I what I'm gonna accomplish in this lifetime, but I'm I'm gonna try to accomplish uh, anything that can be of value. And as much as it is a uh, value to others, it's really a value to me because uh, I'm here processing information, trying to learn lessons, and trying to uh, free myself from whatever. I'm, I'm trapped in and uh, yeah, like producing a book or having a body of work or uh, being an athlete and producing results. It's, it's all part of that same process. For sure. With the second book that you allude to, do you have inspirations to what it would be about? Mm, yeah. I mean, it, it has to do something with um, the, the principles of moving. And uh, when I'm talking about movement, I'm not just talking about physical movement, but also mental and emotional movement and, and, and what that even means and why we should care. Uh, and the, the part that I would like to really emphasize is the importance of uh, living in between the, the philosophical aspect of our lives and the practical. And it's really being able to navigate that line that that's the line that creates the contrast. And the more we can explore the practical and the more we can explore the philosophical, the more sense that line uh, makes. And that's what I want to share with people. And and my hopes is that if people read the book, it's not another self-help book or another a manual. It's more so just... Um, a stream of conscience that allows people to do the same thing for them. It's kind of like uh, me holding space for people this year. It's like, it doesn't matter what advice I give you. You're not going to follow it. And if you do, it's, it's not going to be to the T. It's going to be your own thing. It's just encouraging people to do something about what they have. And this just being another uh, piece that they may encounter that says, yes, this is me. This is who I am. I'm so glad I, I got to, to experience that. And I want to share, share that by uh, taking everything that I actually wrote in the first book, which there's a lot of information there, uh, unpacking it and really focusing on the principles uh, behind it. I think that's awesome. And I, I saw in your story how you were like reflecting on like how things were written in the first and how you would rewrite them or just reflections that you had. And I think I think that's the cool thing with social media. I'll use Facebook as an example of seeing Facebook memories and just being like, oh, there were some consistencies and this is what we learned in the last five years, four years, three years, two years. And there's merit to journaling for that exact purpose, being able to open up a book and go back to 2019 and see, okay, we were struggling then too. And it wasn't a pandemic and we made it out okay and we're going to be all right. And this is what helped us and this is what we remembered. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when people are looking to connect with you, are you mostly social media or are you still using website or what's the best way? 
I think social media right now is the number one uh, way to connect. Uh, people uh, mostly reach out uh, via Instagram uh, or Twitter lately. Um, and that's that's been the way that people are connecting. And then people find my email online and, and they maybe drop me an email. Uh, yeah, most people that are reaching out, uh, they're either seeking uh, coaching, coaching, uh, a collaboration or they're inviting me to be on their podcast which i love this is this is like the favorite thing for me to do i'm like oh yeah podcast i'm in a collaboration uh that's a little stickier <laughs> and Definitely. then coaching of course it, it's it's all about um wherever i want to invest my time and if the people are are kind of in the right place uh then i work with them well I think it's funny that you bring up collaboration because, I mean, we're all getting just endless messages of collaborations. <laughs> but putting that aside, um, lately for my guests, I've been having my guests put out a challenge for the day, something for my audience to respond to, to take action, to implement change. And so essentially how it'll be formatted is you will just say your challenge for the day is and then just put it out there. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, I wish I had prepared for this one. There's so many things we could do, uh, but a challenge for today, let's just make it super easy. Uh, if, if, uh, you've uh, never done a handstand, uh, explore for five minutes, what it would look like to get into a handstand, do this safely, of course, like practice with a wall or have a friend hold your legs or, or something. If you can do a handstand, just uh, spend a, as much time as you can in a handstand for uh, throughout the duration of a five minute period. So if you can, you can uh, get 10 seconds there within five minutes, then that's, that's great. You did it. I love it. I mean, I think as long as the person doesn't have too big of a build, <laughs> like they, they could definitely benefit from that. You'll be surprised. Uh, of who who has done a handstand around me yeah oh definitely well i mean i saw i'm friends with a lot of big power lifters and i've seen some of them still be able to pull it off so i mean that's amazing if their heart's in it they they can make it happen that's um, right and that essentially is the summary of our episode for today so i'd like to thank you so much for joining me and yeah hopefully people check out the past episodes episode 71 and episode 89 where the prior appearances to get a little bit more context, but uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure.